welcome everybody episode 26 the marty st louis edition of hat trick hockey ant here excited this is officially six months in for us as always this episode and all episodes moving forward will be brought to you by our good friends over at gl heritage the official beer of hat trick hockey so Got a few things that we're going to talk about. Before we do that, we're going to bring in my buddy, Rob. Rob, what's up, dude? Oh, <laughs> there it is. You hear that? <laughs> Here, you I'm know what? That hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Merry Christmas. Oh, we'll get that. It's right around the corner from, uh, from New, New Year's. Year's you know, yeah. Hopefully everybody uh, stays home, stays safe. Mm-hmm. Hopefully everybody but has. Yeah, I sorry go ahead i was just gonna say hopefully everybody had a safe and uh and merry christmas but uh obviously i know how yours went me and you kind of got to hang out a little bit yeah covid free yeah it was nice it was uh yeah we got to hang out have a couple beers enjoy we were crushing gls as usual right which by the way greg uh rob and i are gonna probably have to come see you soon gonna have to restock for us restock for the boys because we love blondes right rob love the blondes (laughs) love the blondes um do you have any plans for for like new year's or just show there's not really much you can do right so i think misty and i are just gonna i'm pretty sure we have the kids so uh we're just gonna do some board games maybe order some swishy yeah stem wishy Mm-hmm. Sushi. <laughs> I thought you guys would normally do the old fire at night thing, is what you guys sometimes do during the winter when you get those good nights. Yeah, it's not bad. Because I know not I, a bad idea. Because I know I burn a pair of boots over there before. Went home mm-hmm. like walking home the one day. I'm like, fuck, man. Like, why is my why is my sock getting wet? I turned it on. I had a hole the size of a toonie in it because I was trying to get my my feet all toasty near near the fire. There, I like melted away the bottom of my boot. Well, is that is that when you use the whole road to walk home? Uh, no, that I think that was the summertime when I used sidewalk and road that one time. Totally I would. <laughs> what did I tell you though? I said you point me the right way, we'll be good to go. You just got to point me the right way, make sure everything was okay. Yep, straighten them up, oh. point them in the right direction, pat them <laughs> on the butt. Go. Yeah, go get them, Tiger. But all right, <laughs> let's get into the hockey here. All right, so. so uh, Big well, a big thing for us is Mr. McCarty got his merch. So it took a little bit. So we must have had some issues with uh, with the like mailing uh, places there. So Darren got his toque, his hoodie. He was very surprised. Made sure he chirped me in the process, <laughs> as usual. So Darren, enjoy that. Also, when it comes to the merch, so our merch, which everybody knows by now, is done by Laser Art and Harrow, and you can get like this hat that I'm wearing right now that you can see total bunch of buttes over there. Yeah. Or this hoodie that we have the Jersey style hoodie, which is so comfortable. We have toques. We have these styles of toques. We have the one with the ball. We have the border style. We have anything that you guys want. Hatcher cocky needs. We got it. So just go over to our site. It's on our page. It's on our Instagram. It's on Rob's page. It's on my page. It's on Drew's page, it's everywhere. So check it out. Store laser art. You'll love it. Trust me. It's the prices are amazing. 
the quality is great and you can't really go wrong with having local either. So especially nowadays, all this COVID shit going on. So rock all those local places. We keep saying it. We'll keep saying it. Um, so moving on from that, from Mr. McCarty, we have actually with a big story going on right now at the world juniors was Kirby doc. So uh, I don't know if anybody had seen, but he got, it was just kind of a weird little play. It looked like, so I seen a photo online. I was going to post it on our page, but it was pretty gross. So his wrist is mangled. <laughs> he, uh, he had to have surgery and they're saying that Kirby doc is going to be out four to five months. So that being said, Rob, is this something that the New York Rangers right now are sitting back saying, this is why we didn't fucking send our guy. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now that I think of it, and I said it before, like uh, one of our earlier podcasts about, you know, teams holding back on uh, letting their guys go. I, I thought it was selfish, but now, you know, these guys are multi-million dollar players, you know, whether they're signing their entry level contracts or, or they're signing huge contracts. Um that's a definite blow to the Chicago Blackhawks because Ooh. he's going to miss what half the season on a 58 game schedule. You know, that's huge, huge. And this kid's a stud. Mm-hmm. Well, four to five months, he's probably missing like more along the terms of three quarters of the season. Yeah. Yeah. Could be right? coming in like, right closer to the playoffs. Then, right? Yeah. And, and you got a rehab. That's if Chicago is going to even make the playoffs because they're on a little bit of a slide right now. Yeah. So that's, that's fucking tough, man. And I guarantee you, guarantee you somewhere in that New York organization, whoever made that call of saying Kirby doc is, or not Kirby doc. Sorry. That's saying Lafreniere is not going to the world juniors. I bet you he's sitting back now with a big smile on his face saying, and that's why he's not going. <laughs> And remember, before he got drafted, he got hurt too in the World Juniors last year. He did, but he came back. Though yes. that was the thing, right? Where Kirby Doc, when uh, when your wrist is in the shape of a V, chances are you're probably not going to be able to play. So yeah, we wish disgusting. yeah we wish him speedy speedy recovery, Kirby. So get back as soon as possible here. Another thing on shitty injury news is Hendrick Lundqvist. So Hendrick Lundqvist, we all knew that his uh, season was ended before it even got started with his new team and over there in Washington. Now it comes out that Hank is now going to have open heart surgery. So how do you feel on that, Rob? Well, you know, there's a reason that they have the, um, what do you call it there? The, the, when you get checked out to see your where your health's at yeah you know he doesn't get this done he doesn't he doesn't change teams maybe maybe they don't do it while you're on the same team that you've been on but him going to the capitals now he gets this full um what's the name of it uh ekg no where, where you get that that physical yeah uh, physical. Oh, physical so yeah. he gets his physical done and they find all these problems wrong with him they find one, which leads to two, which leads to three. So he's getting three things done in this open heart surgery that he's getting. Mm. And who knows? Maybe this trade for him was the best thing that ever happened to him, you know, to save his life. Because let's let's put it in perspective. He's got millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. So that being said, 
his life could have been over before camp started. Yeah. If they don't look at this. That's true. So let's just say good for you and the NHL and, and, and the physicals that you do and the people that take care of you, Mm -hmm. you know, hats off to you. So actually possibly this trade could have very well saved his life. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, because I don't know how that goes. If everybody's got to do that same mm -hmm. physical, you know, because how did it not get caught before where like this, this, this didn't just happen. Yeah. Like this is a heart. It's obviously been going on for years, just like with my heart thing there, Mm -hmm. just like with Jamie's heart thing, you know, like Jamie McDermott, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we all have a little bit of, it's everything works. It is working out for the good. Mm -hmm. That's just, I can, could not believe when I first seen that he was out for the season with the heart thing, I was like, Holy shit. And then, I seen that he was going to have open heart surgery. I was like, oh, my God. Like, he's he's not that old. And let's face it. Hank, can he can walk away from the game right now and be no fine. Problem. And be just fine. And the only thing that's going to suck is he hasn't won a Stanley Cup. You know what His I mean? His family like, will be fine. His grandkids will be oh, fine. Oh, yeah. He's made so much I'm, sh- I'm sure he'd be fine walking away from the game just knowing that he has the number one thing. And that's his health <laughs> and still being right. well, he didn't get to walk away with a cup, yeah, but he did get to walk away with his yeah. life, right? Now, so I'm gonna ask you the hard question now, Rob. Is this it for Hank? Or do you think he comes back? Hmm. I, I I really can't say because it's gonna take him a, a year of just being healthy, mm-hmm. let alone what kind of stress that the uh, hockey would put on him, you know, like I, I, I shouldn't have played sports for a year, which will thank the COVID for that because I would have, I would have went out and played ball, but I got to play golf, which is a relaxing game. And you know, the, this guy's, he's such a a great athlete. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's just going to retire, get out, play some golf, you know, Mm -hmm. enjoy the rest of his life. I have a feeling he's done. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's just, I think he's just going to walk away with the number one prize, even though it's not a cup, but he's going to walk away with his life. And I think he's going to be thankful for that, which obviously we all, we all, we all know that he's going to be. Um, Would I like to see him back out on the ice again? Would I like to see Hank hoist a cup? Fuck yeah. Absolutely. Cause he's one of those guys. He's just, he's, uh, he's been a face of, of, of the game for a long time. And, uh, I just, I hope he can get back. I personally, I don't see it happening. I hope he can do it, but Hank, we wish you all the best. Get back soon. Get well soon. If you can't, that's okay too, man. He's going to ride off into the sunset. He's let's face it. The guy's going to go to the hall of fame, right? So well, you don't get to be named the King yeah. and not go to the hall of fame. Yeah, exactly. So best of luck to him. Hopefully uh, it doesn't turn out as, as serious as it seems to be, even though like open heart surgery is pretty fucking serious, but hopefully it's not as serious as it seems to be. So best of luck, Hank. Um, Corey Perry signing in Montreal. He signed a one-year deal. He, I think the he, that's the uh, minimum, right? Seven hundred and fifties minimum, right? Yes. What do you What do you think that's going to do for the Habs? Uh that has nothing but good things on their side. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's a, 
dirty motherfucker too. <laughs> he, 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 he's one of the nastiest players out there. Mm-hmm. And Montreal needs that. Montreal needs some good fire. You know, like who, who do they got? Who do they got that, that can turn the game around just by one big hit, one, you know, dirty slash. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's a great move for Montreal, especially at seven seven fifty. Mm-hmm. That's why they call him the worm, right? Isn't that isn't that? Should, should have picked him up in Toronto. <laughs> have to fucking buy another wagon if you were. Well, that's a, another forty five man roster I got going there. <laughs> the second one. Yeah, <laughs> um, two teams in. Trouble. Personally, I think that's a that's a great move for Montreal. It's another gritty guy. It's another veteran presence. He's won the cup. Uh, so he's has all that experience. He knows what it takes to win a cup. So mind you, Montreal's got a long way to go, but you do have Carey Price in that. So what did I say this past year in the playoffs? He pulled off probably one of the biggest upsets of the playoffs when he knocked off fucking sure. right, knocked off Crosby and them pretty much single handedly. So. If you get a hot care a hot and healthy carry price, shall we say, and you get those guys rolling, you get Gallagher with his non-broken jaw, and you get everybody in there, and Montreal could be a team that you don't want to go in to play. <laughs> I, I, I think it's a great, great pickup. But uh you better get over there sooner. You're gonna have to wait that 14 days. I think he's already over there. He's probably already – I bet you he already knew this deal was coming. He's probably already been there for a week and a half because he probably came in, met with them, and knowing that they were close to a deal and probably just fucking stayed, man. Like, you'd be surprised. Well, didn't that information just get dropped the other day? Yeah, but those guys, they always know a couple days ahead of time what they're doing. It just all depends on when it goes out into the media, right? I don't know about that because a lot of times these guys say, yeah, I was watching TSN yeah. and I got traded. That is true too. <laughs> that is true too. So I could see that going either way then. I never even fucking thought about it from that aspect of it. Real quick before we go into the interview, Canada was also off to a uh, 2-0 start at the World Juniors. We just want to bring that up real quick. They beat fucking uh, Germany 16-2. 16-2. What? fucking fun is that watching but also germany was the team that landed full of covid and lost eight players <laughs> mind you i don't think well, that helped but well did you see that uh they asked germany if they wanted to get bumped back again they were going to move them back again but then so they played who uh canada and who was their second game who germany germany I feel like it was Slovakia too. No, because because they were worried about their first two games and they figured they were going to lose them anyways. So why bother getting bumped back? Because they may have lost to, um, just give me a second here. I'll find it. I know. I'm looking uh, it up right now too. <laughs> World juniors here. So yeah, Germany's second game was Slovakia. They lost to Canada 16 to 2. And then uh, they lost to, oh no, they won in. in they played, Germany played Finland in the first game on Friday. Oh, okay. And then they played Canada on Saturday. And then they just played and yesterday. They knew they would lose both those games. So they said, no, we're not going to do that. And we'll play the next game. Like, we'll, we'll keep it the way it is, knowing yeah. that they would get all their players back. 
Mm-hmm. But and they end up beating Slovakia in the third game. Yes, they won in overtime. Right. So if they would have got bumped back, they would have end up playing Canada and Slovakia, and then end up playing the Finns. Yeah. Yeah. So it was way, a call yeah. on their part not to just keep it the way it was, figuring that's who they'd lose to those first two games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's actually that's a, that's a fucking great call. Actually, but I, I was not impressed with uh, how Canada looked against uh, Slovakia. You know, like I watched that game and I was just like, wow, like, you know, like they could be all skating around right now with a fucking mm-hmm. basket full of eggs and nobody's breaking anything. Yeah. And then I go watch uh, who did Russia play there? Uh, the Czechs. Yeah, that was probably the best game I've seen in, the, in a tournament so far. Mm-hmm. And the Czechs came out and beat Russia 2 nothing. Canada plays so we're recording on Tuesday here just one day before the episode drops actually. Who does Canada got they play t- tonight, don't they? Yes. Who do they got tonight? Uh give me one second. Fucking back at her. <laughs> they have uh Switzerland. Oh okay. So that should be somewhat decent kind of Canada's a fucking absolute wagon when they and the Czechs, the Czech Republic and the U.S. are playing right now. Yeah, they're playing right now. So we'll be checking that out when we're done recording. So that game um, started at two o'clock, I think. Yep, two o'clock. Real this quick, is a game I definitely want to watch. Real quick before we go into this interview, um, I forgot to mention a couple points on Marty St. Louis since this is the Marty St. Louis edition. So Marty had over a thousand games, over a thousand points, Stanley Cup champ, Olympian, or sorry, Olympic and world champion, and he's a Hall of Famer. Dude, his list of awards are as long as my arm. That guy. So I forgot to mention that off the hop. I can't go without not mentioning that. So that guy's a total fucking beauty. What a beauty. Yeah. yeah. And for he was to me the the uh the one that paved the way for for the fucking little guys. You know, it was him and uh Nathan Gerby, I wanna say, are the two that to me are the ones that paved the way for the little guys, but it's more Marty because Marty's just like I said, there's that guy's just wow. <laughs> just wow. That's all I can say about Marty St. Louis. He was a um, treat to watch, that's oh. for sure. And he was no bigger than Doug Gilmore. No, he was awesome to watch. Like I want to say five nine, somewhere in that that height range. So I all you so, yeah. all you kids out there, there's a chance for you. Yep. Stay on the puck. Try and get out of house league hockey. Yeah. Don't toe drag like Rob does. No toe drags. <laughs> no, no literal fucking toe drags <laughs> yeah learn how to do an actual toe drag not drag a toe <laughs> all right so what do you say do we uh flip it over to this interview or what yeah and this guy's a total fucking beaut like yeah. i i was just mesmerized by his stories yeah and he has been around some absolute fucking legends of hockey as well so here he is everybody university of windsor head coach mr kevin hamlin enjoy roll it this episode of Hot Trick Hockey is brought to you by Mike McDonald. Mike McDonald is a senior agent with Allstate Insurance and is proud to call Harrow, Ontario home. He has helped countless clients in the Windsor-Essex County area 
save money, and get the protection they need. Mike's knowledge and drive to succeed gives his customers the best quality care and advice. He prides himself on excellent customer service. Specializing in home and auto insurance, Mike can customize your policy to suit your needs and be your trusted advisor to make sure you and your family are protected. Allstate has many features and benefits, including disappearing deductible, claim satisfaction guarantee, drive-wise, claim forgiveness, ticket forgiveness, and many more. Find out how much you can save. Call 226-773-8275. That's 226-773-8275. Are you in good hands? And this next cat here on with us has played some OHL, some IHL, is now serves as the current head coach for the University of Windsor team, our men's Lancers team. Let's give a big hat trick hockey welcome to Mr. Kevin Hamlin. Kevin, how's it going, man? It's awesome. It's great to join you guys. How's, how's everything going with all this COVID shit going on? Well, I mean, like everybody, you know, trying to uh, keep myself, my family safe first and foremost, and, uh, and, and then my extended family, my team, and, uh, you know, dealing with all of that. So it, it's, uh, it's uncharted territory for everyone, and we're just trying to, you know, just trying to be better on the other side. We know that the other side is right around the corner, and, you know, we don't want to be behind uh, in any way. So we're trying to trying to get ahead of the curve a little bit and we don't know what that curve it looks like or, or when it's going to come. But, uh, you know, we, we've got real good people, uh, surrounding us here and, and, uh, we're all, you know, we're all trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stay safe. Right. Mm-hmm. So let's get right into it. Kev. Um, where did you go up, grow up playing youth hockey? Grew up right here in Windsor. Uh, I'm a product of, uh, <laughs> went from Windsor house league to, uh, in those days, uh, the Windsor Micmacs and club 240 and, um, actually played junior C at, in Amherstburg. I think it was their first or second year in existence. The Amherstburg in those days, they're called the Amherstburg North star Vikings. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yep. and then, and then walked on, uh, to the London Knights and played four years in that league. And, um, you know, as was mentioned prior, had some, uh, pro opportunities. I uh, went to three NHL main camps, one in Pittsburgh, two in Van, uh, Vancouver, and uh, played four years at University of Toronto and and then uh, got into coaching. So I, I, I feel like uh, hockey's been a part of my life forever. Mm-hmm. What the hell made you want to be a goalie? Of all spots you could play on the ice, why, why well, goalie? It, here's, here's the truth of the matter. Uh, you, you know, in those days, they, they brought all the kids to Windsor Arena and my, my favorite player growing up was Bobby Hull. And I, and I thought I, I wanted to be Bobby Hull. It kind of dates me a little bit, but uh, in, in any event, that's who I wanted to be. And um, so I tried out as a forward and they put all the kids on the ice at once. And I, I was waiting for my call because they had a little draft among all the, the house league coaches. I was waiting for my call, never got it. You know, I, sh- I should have known right then and there that that would be uh, you know, something that I'd have to look forward to in the future. But I finally got the call from a gentleman, uh, never forget his name, uh, Barry Thompson was his name. And uh, he he called me and he asked me if I wanted to be a goalie. You know, they needed a goalie. Shoppers Drug Mart needed a goalie. (laughs) And, uh, you know, my my parents were were away at work and my, you know, we didn't have a lot of dough in those days. And my my dad had just uh, went out and, and spent money on, skaters equipment and, and I thought that's who I was going to be and I had, I had agreed to be a, a goalie without even consulting my parents oh. so 
So that was a, that was a, that's a story within itself, but that's how I got into it. And, uh, you know, played a couple years, you know, I look back in those, uh, those house league days and, uh, you know, some pretty decent players in those days playing on, on those teams uh, that went on and played pro and, and, uh, and division one. And, and uh, it, they're great days, mm-hmm. very different than, than today, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm very grateful for having gone through the whole, uh, the whole spectrum, right. Right. From, uh, backyard hockey the house league to travel to junior c and and uh four years in the ohl and onward nice um while we're on the uh topic do you did you play with a barry pretty there at all no uh barry was uh he, he's younger than i am okay i was so, gonna say because uh, i know he played there and the, i think he had he mentioned something about uh someone and his name was guy is that rob is this the guy is that the guy no we, no you're thinking a guy talking? you're thinking a guy guy uh guy control is that the one that like yanks his eye out yeah so he, he <laughs> guy uh guy was a uh, lawyer here in windsor and, and passed away and left the team to uh, paul Fulbert. but okay. uh I, I played with uh i believe his name is dennis purdy and oh, pro- pro- probably related yeah probably related but uh yeah, those are good days. And, and, you know, I didn't know a lot about junior C hockey at the time. I, I, I did know that uh, the SX 73s were ridiculous good and, and, but there's no way I was going to make that team uh, as a 15 year old. And um, yeah, it was good times. <laughs> That's awesome. I wonder if Dennis Purdy is uh, Denny Purdy's dad. Could be. Yeah. Cause how old oh, is, that's... how old is uh, Denny? Like how old? And he's my just a little bit younger than me. I think he's a uh, forty-nine, right in there. Okay, yeah, because so. he's an animal. That guy, he's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. so so when when you were playing junior C, how did you end up getting uh, drafted to London? Strange things, uh, you know. Uh, in those days, uh, you know, clearly there was no technology and, and computers and, and, and things like that. So uh, if scouts weren't at the rink watching you play, you really didn't get a look. And, and so what, it, it was pretty, pretty common for guys to get overlooked, to be perfectly honest. And, um, and, and I felt I was overlooked. And, and I, I, uh, I was skating with Brad Smith in the summertime, and Smitty was uh, getting ready to go back to Sudbury. And he, he was uh, – he was an animal. I mean, he worked as hard as, you know, anybody I'd ever seen, but he needed, needed a goalie. So uh, I, I'd go out and every day and, and, uh, and work out with Smitty at, at the old South Windsor Motor arena, City, Motor City Smitty. And <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't, um, it wasn't too long after that. He said, Hey, look, I, I, I'm, I'm in tight with the people in London. Would you consider going there on a tryout? And I said, well, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I've talked to Wayne Maxner and the Spitfires here, but I, I re- really haven't signed anything. And the opportunity, one of the advantages, as you know, of not being drafted is you pretty much can, can go wherever you, uh, you know, wherever you feel there's a need. So make a long story short, that's how I ended up there. Smitty got me a tryout and, uh, you know, I walked on and my goodness, there were, uh, they had drafted a goalie in the third or fourth round that was supposed to be, uh, Barry Hurd's backup and uh, ended up beating him out. And, and you know, the rest is history. Uh, played uh, four great years in, in the OHL and had had uh, some wonderful times. Played with some 
hockey legends. And, uh, you know, I can look back and say that, you know, they were great, great days and, and not always easy, but uh, there were, there were some great days. So we'll, uh, we'll go on the, the whole hockey legends thing in 81, 82, you played a few games with a guy by the name of Steve Eiserman. What was he like then? Well, I, I had the good fortune of, uh, because I was, uh, the OA, one of the overagers there. And I, I was one of the few guys with a car. I had the good fortune of driving Stevie to the, <laughs> to school into the rink and, and, and whatnot. And, uh, you know, he was, uh, he was one of the most humble guys. I mean, then of course, you know, who knew what, you know, the reality would turn out to be, but you did know that he was something special and, um, you know, he's just a, just a, just a great person then, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really have an opportunity to stay close to him as, as the years went on. I mean, our careers went in opposite directions, but uh, I have, uh, uh, you know, seen him at games and stuff like that. And, um, you know, he's treated me with, uh, with great respect. I, I, I brought my, uh, in another life, I, I'm a retired educator and I brought my uh, special education class from my school over to the Joe to, uh, to meet Stevie and, and Stevie was so gracious and, uh, uh, you know, he, he, uh, he shook every kid's hand and, uh, you know, we met all the Red Wings and he, he, that's the kind of guy he is, you know, like at that time, I, I don't think I'd seen him in like 15 or 20 years and, and, uh, and cold called him and, and he was, he was just unbelievable like that. And, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, you could tell he was going to be a great person and, or he, he was a great person and uh, he had he, really some special attributes as a, as a hockey player, obviously he was, you know, even then we had some great players in Peterborough then, but he was, you know, inside the top two or three as a, as a rookie. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we knew he was going to be a good one. And uh, when I got traded from, uh, from, from Peterborough, we, we kind of stayed in touch a little bit for a year or so. And then that was it. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing you know, he's, uh, you know, playing for the Red Wings and, and uh, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, when you went from the Peets to Windsor, how, how did that all come about? So I, I, uh, I didn't, I, I pretty much played my junior career injury free. And oh, wow. as an overage player, um, I rolled my ankle. I had a, I had a fluke, uh, a fluke accident. And, uh, you know, it was a hockey accident, but I, I rolled my ankle and, uh, I was going to be out. I was going to be out for about six weeks. And so um, I wanted to get on with things. You know, I, I, I saw that my buddies were all at the University of Windsor. And and uh, I, I just, you know, I had my, in those days, it was grade 13. I, I was ready. I was ready to go to university. And um, I went in and talked to Dave Dryden. And uh, Dave Dryden was my coach, him and Dick Todd. And uh, it, it was a good thing. You know, I was, I was, 20 years old for me to be 20 years old in, uh, in Peterborough, uh, not playing because of my injury, uh, you know, just didn't make a lot of sense to me. I, I knew that, you know, you know, not good things were going to happen to be honest. You know, it's not a great place to be when you're uh, 20, 20 years old, five hours away from home and uh, nothing but time on your hands. So uh, I, I'd spoken with Dave. Dave was a, tremendous tremendous person him and dick todd and and uh they made the arrangement to uh, to get me to windsor so i think they made a deal some kind of 
draft picks or, or whatever came to Windsor and uh, Marcel Pronovo was our coach and uh, jumped into Windsor at the time. I think we had broken the record for the Spitfires and lost like 16 or 17 games in a row. Whoa. So uh, it was, it was a real tough, uh, it was a tough year that they were having. And, and we ended up losing in the playoffs, made the playoffs and ended up losing to uh, Kitchener. And I think that year they went on to win the Memorial cup. So we're in pretty good company. Holy crow. Yeah. One of the good team. Oh yeah. One of the things too, I got to know playing net way back then, what was the equipment like? How heavy that stuff get when it got wet? Well, it's funny, you know, like I, I, I see the stuff that the, the guys are using today and, and nobody wants to hear me talk about yesterday anymore, you know, like <laughs> about, about uh, the leather equipment and stuff like that. And it, but it's all true, man. I'm telling you for the first five minutes of a period, if you went down, you were toast for the rest of the period because <laughs> it was just so heavy. And uh, you know, by the end of the game, it, 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 it weighed, uh, it was considerably heavier than the equipment that the kids are wearing today. So uh, but you know, we didn't know any different and, um, you know, did shots hurt? Sure. But again, I mean, they hurt for every goalie and, and that's just the way, that's just the way it was. So, you know, as the equipment evolved, uh, forward equipment, whether they're skates, pads, uh, you know, elbow pads, gloves, every, everything evolves. And, and so too did hockey uh, the, the position of goaltending and, and, uh, yeah, it's amazing to see what they, they have today. I, watching a scare off the, uh, the goaltender for uh, the Russian world junior team. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I truly think he, he, he has a tough time feeling pucks that hit his belly because they're, they're standing in front of him and, and uh, you know, there's pucks all around in front of him. He, he'll go on and have a, a great pro career, but I, I, you know, in those days that wasn't an issue. You felt every shot uh, come into your body and you knew where the pucks were uh, today. I think the goalies, uh, uh, you know, they, they really have to have to work on finding those pucks and, and watching them all the way into their body, because otherwise, you know, I don't know if uh, I don't know if goalies feel the puck or they get a feel for the puck like they did, uh, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Well, back in the day, the pucks used to hit you and then drop to the ground. Right. With with the sticks nowadays you would think that the equipment would have to be a little more cushy because of the shots they're taking now. Like, you know, you're looking at almost a hundred, 108 miles an hour that some of oh. these guys can take shots, let alone their wrist shots are at like 85 miles an hour. Yeah. Well, the reality is not enough pucks, me, pucks hit me back then. So uh, <laughs> that, that's why we're, this conversation is, is, is all about coaching and not about playing, but uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. Like I said, I mean, I didn't know any different. I thought it was just the way it was. And, 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 you know, you didn't even think about complaining. You know, you complain, you know, Bill Long would just put somebody else in the net. They, yeah. they just put somebody else in the net. There was no complaining that, that you're, that, you know, that, that pucks, uh, that pucks were hurting you. So, you know, different day. So hopping yeah. on. Now, with... now... Go ahead, Rob. Okay. So now, now when you, when you, um, did, did you end up getting drafted to the NHL or did you do walk-on tryouts or you, if you want to touch on that a little bit? No. So after my first year in, in uh, Peterborough, uh, it, in those days, they had a six round draft and my draft year was in Montreal and uh, I didn't end up getting drafted, uh, but I signed a tryout deal with, uh, with the Pittsburgh Penguins. And so I went to Pittsburgh, their main camp, and uh, didn't get into any exhibition games, but they wanted me to report to Muskegon and, and play with their IHL team. And, 
Dave Dryden called me uh, and, and basically recruited me back to Peterborough. And in those days, there was a, a, a goalie uh, by the name of Greg Millen who came back and, and had a ridiculous overage year and then signed a pro deal with the St. Louis Blues. And so he was kind of like the template that, that we're all using. We, we thought, hey, we go back and, and have a great overage year. You never know what could happen, right? Always chasing that dream. So, um, you know, it, and, and then, you know, obviously when I, got, uh, when I went back to uh, Windsor from Peterborough, uh, Marcel Pronovo uh, told me at the end of the year that the Toledo Gold Diggers uh, wanted me to join their team for the Turner Cup run. They had an incredible team. Uh, you know, they, they broke every record imaginable in the IHL. And I had a front row seat watching them destroy teams en route to a Turner Cup championship. So uh, I think I was there for about 17 games and played one. And, uh, uh, you know, was involved with their IHL parade. And it just, it was, it was just, it was the first experience I had as a player to enjoy a winning environment. You know, I, and I always regretted that through, you know, playing junior, you know, like it, it's a common thing. Everybody knows that, you know, players that NHL teams want players that have played on winning teams good, right, or, or good or wrong. I mean, uh, or right or wrong. That's just the way it is. They want people that know how to win that have been around. Way. And, and so when you, when you're not a part of that, sometimes you get overlooked and, and, and other people who perhaps played on winning teams who you feel you're just as good as they, they, they get that, they get that, that nod. And, and, and guys that are in that situation, they know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, the reality was I wasn't good enough to step in and play. And, uh, and that's just the way, that's just the way it was. And then I, I was, uh, but because I played that one game and sat on the bench, I was ruled ineligible to, to come back and play uh, in the, in the CIS. And I, you know, I appealed it. There was nothing I could do. I approached, uh, I, you know, Windsor and I played some, some uh, senior A hockey with Chatham that year, but I had to sit out the whole year to get my amateur status back. In the summertime, Mike Keenan called me, and uh, his first question to me was, do you want to win a national championship? And again, think about this. A kid that's never played or, or had an instrumental role on a winning team, and I, and I said, yeah, I, of course, I, I want to win a national championship. Well, he said, then, then get your tail here to Windsor or uh, to uh, Toronto, uh, that was the first week of school. I showed up on campus. Mike got me into the school, got me into a, a, a residence. That year, we won a national championship. You know, Mike went on to Philadelphia. Tom Watt came in, who was a former Jack Adams Award winner. Uh, Tom coaches for one year. Then he went off to uh, Vancouver. And after my, my third year with the uh, University of Toronto, uh, Tom brought me with him to, to Vancouver and had a great tryout there to the main camp and played some exhibition games and, and, and really played well, but knew I was going to come back. I, I was a year away from graduating. Mm -hmm. uh, so they helped me out a little bit, paying my way back to, to school and uh, played my fourth year at Toronto as long as uh, the deal was that they would help me as long as I'd go back to Vancouver. And I did. Uh, so when I graduated from U of T, I went back to Vancouver again, played some exhibition games, uh, was sent down to Fredericton, sent down to Flint, 
And uh, I, I just, you know, I, Rick Dudley was the coach in Flint. There were five goalies on the ice for practice. Uh, I played in, in uh, I had two starts, never lasted through the first period of either game. And we just got, just got hammered, blitzed, and uh, didn't have a good go of it. Had a real bad couple weeks. I still, actually, it, 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 was, it was still uh, smarting a little bit, being sent down from Fredericton to, to Flint. And I wasn't mature enough to handle it. And I, I didn't have a lot of support around me in those days. You know, I, what I needed was somebody to, to kick me in the pants and just say, you know, it is what it is. Like, you're going to have to deal with it. But instead, I, uh, Pat Quinn was the president and GM of, of uh, Vancouver Canucks. After the, the second game I got pulled, I, w- I went into Rick's office uh, in, in Flint. Rick Dudley was a great guy. And, and I, I said, Rick, I, I, I'm done. I'm, I want to go home. I want to start school. And he said, well, you know, you should reconsider. That's kind of a hasty decision. I said, no, I'm done. And uh, he said, well, let's call Pat. Pat was on the phone and Pat said, go home for a couple of weeks and come back. I, I was just resigned to the fact that I, I, I was done. I didn't want to play anymore. Um, on the So I took my gear out and on the way home, pulled over on the side of the highway, threw my goalie gear on the, the side of the highway and, and uh, continued on to Windsor. And, and uh, you know, uh, I didn't even have a full discussion with my father, to be honest with you, about, about the whole situation. It was, uh, it was just uh, a real, you know, real messed up time for me. And, uh, you know, but yeah, I look back and all the, all the, the great things have happened to me through the game. You wonder, would that have happened had I not done something like that? And, you know, clearly uh, it, it was pretty unconventional. And, uh, you know, I, 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 in retrospect, probably could have handled it better and, and maybe should have, but mm-hmm. like I said, I, I really didn't have someone who had gone through that before and somebody to, to get in my ear and just say, no, no, put your stuff back in the dressing room. Here's the way it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I wish I had, but uh, you know, it is what it is. One of the things too, I love to ask guys who always, who are always in that and you you've been like everywhere when you've played so who's that one guy who shot who just fired one at you that just made you go holy shit like who is that one guy who shot the hardest yeah there's no question uh, about there's no question uh, about the answer to this question is dino cicerelli oh. you know D- dino cicerelli had uh, had the the hardest shot my f- first couple of years in the ohl like it was it was crazy i, I mean you almost hope that it missed you in practice, you know, because, uh, and, and there was a, there's another, another player on that team. His name was Frankie Nigro. That was, I mean, these guys could wire the puck and uh, you know, and, and Dino obviously all of famer and, and, you know, can, can, can shoot it, scored, scored quite a few goals in, in his career because of that. But I, I would think just off the top of my head, that, 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 that was a, that's an easy, that's an easy answer for me. And, San Dino. Perfect. I just got to go back for one second with that story that you just told about your getting through to the NHL. And that was a hell of a story. Yeah. Like I loved it. Like it was so awesome. Um, Rob, do you have a, do you have any more hockey stuff for him before we go on to his coaching? No. Okay. Well, we'll hop right into his coaching. <laughs> okay. So when did you get your first, 
coaching gig? Like how long ago, where was it? Like stuff like that. So at, at, in the late eighties, 80, 89, I, I finally got into the university of Windsor faculty of education, realized I wanted to be a teacher and, and felt that that was a way for me to, if I ever wanted to stay in the game, you know, being a teacher was kind of like the sexy thing to do in those days because you had your nights available, your weekends available, and it was, it was what all my friends were doing. So I really tried hard to get into the faculty of education here. Uh, Mike Owender, who was the dean, took a chance on me. Roger Nielsen went to bat for me. They all got me into, uh, you know, the faculty of education here. And, and I, I look back and, and I'm so grateful that, that those men were in my life, that, uh, that, that they – uh, you know, they were, they were kind of mentors back in that day and, and, and told me exactly what I needed to do and, and did that. And at the same time, I was playing uh, professional lacrosse with Detroit Turbos. Oh, wow. So I was at the faculty of education. I was playing for the Turbos. And uh, Brad Smith remained a real good friend of mine, and he was the head coach of the Windsor Spitfires. So, you know, we're having a beer one night, and Smitty said to me, uh, you know, why don't you, why don't you come and, and, and help us? And maybe you can help the goalies or, you know, you can be around. And, you know, I don't know if you know Brad Smith, guys, but, you know, he's a beauty. Like, he is uh, – like I grew up watching you, him play hockey. Like, if you could ever get him on and, and the stories that he must be able to tell. and But but more importantly than all of that, he was uh, he was a real good friend to me. And, and he, opened, he opened a lot of doors for me. And, uh, you know, as a player and, and you know, in retrospect, as a coach. And, and so uh, Smitty had, and I'd seen guys before me, like Paul Maurice and Pete DeBoer. They were, I mean, they, they kind of went up the ladder real quick. And I thought, geez, you know, maybe, you know, maybe there's something in it uh, for me in that way. Cause that was my, why, why would I want to coach? Right. And, and I, and I had to, I had to answer that real early. I, I wanted to coach. I wanted to coach because I couldn't play in the NHL. I, perhaps there was a spot, but, you know, maybe I could coach and, and, and clearly I wasn't ready in those days and, you know, but um, you know, that's the way it happened. And, and I jumped on Smitty's staff with uh, Dave Perpich and uh, you know, Perp, I, I learned so much from him and, and Smitty was all about uh, motivating and, and uh, you know, he, he was the one that would come in the room and rile the guys up where, where Dave was the, was the guy that, you know, he was the X and O guy and, and, you know, I mean, Dave Perpich, talk about legends of the game here in this area. I mean, I, I, I don't know if you can have a conversation about hockey and the progression of, of uh, hockey in this area and, and leave out Dave Perpich. He, he's, he's been he, – I, I don't know how many regimes with the Spitfires he's coached uh, with, but he was always the go-to guy. He was always the go-to guy when, when ownership would fire or remove the, uh, the head coach, Dave would step in. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that – I don't know how many times that happened. I'm guessing it happened five or six times, <laughs> but I, I, I just marveled that uh, in those days, uh, Perp was a, uh, he was a teacher and, and he was everything I wanted to be. You know, he, he, uh, he hadn't played in the NHL. I didn't play in the NHL, uh, you know, but he was a great communicator. I thought, yeah, that's something that I, I could develop into but he knew so much about the game and, and that's where I, I really was, you know, I, I was a, a distant, you know, I, I didn't know anything about the game, to be honest. I, I was, I was there as a, uh, you know, somebody that, 
that that could help in any way possible. I could help. She's like, in those days, I think I did a couple of radio shows uh, or I helped Beller uh, do play by play. Um, I, I would do anything that the organization would ask me. I went on a couple of scouting trips and, and kind of uh, learned about the game that way, but that's how I started. And, and uh, so I, I, I was a first year teacher. I was playing for, so, so now let's fast forward. I was hired in the January of my, uh, my teaching, uh, my one year at the faculty of education, I was hired in the January of that year, coaching for the Spitfires and playing professional lacrosse at Joe Lewis arena you know, with the turbos. So I, I had a lot on my plate. And if you knew me back then, you'd think that was a good thing because he, again, I thought, okay, well, that's great. Here I am. Uh, I, I don't really have anything. I, I can go back and, and supply teach or, or be an occasional teacher, but really didn't know how that was going to look. I, I was golfing with Ted Sater, who in those days was the head coach of the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Les Binkley, uh, who was a former NHL goaltender, and uh, Vern Stenland. We're, we're golfing in Grand Bend, all working together at the uh, Huron Hockey School. And, and Teddy Sater uh, said to me, Hammer, uh, would you consider going to Ithaca and, and coaching with Brian McCutcheon? They, they're looking for an assistant coach at Cornell. And I said, would I consider it? I mean, buddy, it's, it's yes. I mean, it's the only thing I have. I, you know, like I wasn't getting paid with the Spitfires and I, I you know, I, I really wanted to get into it. And I thought, geez, if, if there's any way to do that, then here's, here's a great, great opportunity. So make a long story short, uh, flew to Ithaca that, that weekend, met Brian McCutcheon and Mark Taylor, um, fell in love with the campus with, you know, it's unreal. Um, signed a, a one-year contract with Cornell, uh, left everything behind here and, and went to Cornell where I can honestly say that, you know, it, even though I was only there for a year, I mean, I only made $10,000 us in those days that got me by, but you know, it wasn't enough to raise a family on. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I thought, you know, I, I got to do something different. And, and, and really at the end of the day, I, I wasn't going to be a head coach in the NCAA because I wasn't an alumni there. And I, I didn't want to make 10, $15,000 for the rest of my life as an assistant coach. So, but you know, I, I had to make the move to come back to Windsor. Smitty offered me the coaching job in Windsor again. Uh, but th- I mean, the, the year I spent at Cornell, I, I, I was, I learned so much under those guys and all about, you know, how to recruit and, you know, like it, it was unreal. Uh, you know, the trust that they put in me, I, I would, you know, I would, I would fly to an area, get a rental car, watch games, uh, come back, travel with the team on weekends. It was just, it was just unreal. And, you know, to be involved in that, in that level in those days was pretty special. We won the ECAC and, and, uh, played at Boston Gardens and, and uh, ended up losing, ironically, to the University of Michigan in a two out of three regional uh, championship. So, um, but, you know, came back to, uh, came back to Windsor. Um, Smitty offered me a position back and, and, I, and I felt like I could, I was at the point where I could now contribute. I worked really hard at, at learning the game and, and I still do, to be honest, it, you know, but I, 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 I was much better and, and I knew I could contribute a lot more uh, in year three than I could in year one for Smitty. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, uh, you know, that lasted a, a couple months and then Smitty was fired 
And uh, that was a, a nightmare. So Perp and I hung on for a little bit. Perp coached the team and I, I was his assistant. And then uh, Bell River Canadians offered me a position. They asked me if I would, uh, Brian LeClaire, who was the, uh, an executive in those days, uh, never forget it, called me and, and said, would you consider uh, coaching in Bell River? And, you know, I, I never had my own team before. And I, I, in, in those days, they were the head coach was Greg Primack, and they had just won an Ontario championship. And, fellas, I don't know if you've ever been around, uh, you know, in Bell River or Essex when they're playing in, in a, you know, Ontario championship. But typically, they're the only show in town. And people literally line up at the arena at 4.35 o'clock or else you don't get in. Mm-hmm. It was just a cool, cool thing to be a part of. And, and I said, sure, I'll, I'll interview. And, and so that's how that started. I was in Bell River for five years and, you know, that's, uh, it, it was, it was unreal, but that, to, to be given that opportunity, I never would have had that opportunity had Brad Smith not opened the door for me for one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I clearly, I, I was calling him and Perp all the time you know, for, for, for things that I should have known, but didn't, you know, and, and, you know, I encourage young coaches to do the same. Like, you know, you, you play the game for what you think is a, a good part of your life. And, and you think, you know, the game and you probably do as a player until you have to break things down and, and know why you have to do it and then be able to teach it. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, uh, that's, that's an art. It really is that not a lot of players uh, are able to do. Mm-hmm. So i had to work hard at, 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 uh, at that and, and still am for that matter. I guess. Rob, you, you had something form on Bell River, didn't you? Didn't you have a, yeah. Just, just before that though. And, um, so what, what, what was your interview like, like when they brought you in and interviewed you for Bell River as being the head coach? Well, uh, the, the, there were a few people in the interview. I, I, I can, it's funny. I, I remember these names vividly and, and, uh, like Brian LeClaire was the, the gentleman that, uh, he invited me in. Um, Bill Dunning was the, the uh, president of those days, Felix Laporte, um, and, uh, Angelo Teddy, they were all on the executive and, and this was all new to me. Right. And I walk in and there's a, you know, a, a room full of gentlemen and, uh, you know, I, 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 I think they were impressed that I was a, a school teacher, that I'd had some experience at Cornell and the Spitfires and maybe, you know, uh, my youthfulness and, and uh, my willingness to, to bring players in and, and, and to work as hard as I possibly could. But I was walking into a, an organization that was rich in, like, I mean, they'd won everything. I mean, it's not... It's it, it, it's not an easy thing to take over for a guy in those days like Greg Primack. Greg Primack had won at the junior B level. He'd won at at the junior C level, and now Greg was going on to uh, the Windsor Bulldogs as a Ontario Championship coach. And you know, to take over a team like that, you truly—I mean, the cupboards are bare. You know, because everybody wants to follow their coach, and 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 so we. You know, we, we uh, I think we ended up second or third that first year. And then, you know, we, we won four consecutive 
league championships and and uh, it finished with two Ontario uh, uh, championships. Uh, and and then I uh, went on to Leamington. Mm-hmm. So it, it was, uh, you know, I, I, I wish I could I could tell you guys the, the, the people, you know, the local people who, who are or who are unreal uh, and, and they rarely get mentioned. You know, these these people, I, I mean, they they set up the framework so that many of these kids today could play. Mm-hmm. And many of the coaches that are coming up, I, I don't even know if, 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 if there's a, uh, you know, a, a sense of gratitude for, for how hard those people worked in those days with those junior C teams. Yeah. And of course, you know, they had bingos in those days. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, these guys were every night they're, they're working bingos for the, for the hockey club. And, and uh, you know, like, I don't know, what a lot of these teams do today. I imagine they, you know, they, they still, uh, you know, have significant fundraisers. Yeah. But guys, I mean, these people work so hard to, to, to make sure that our area kids have a place to play. They have so much pride in their, their hometown. Like the, the people in Essex, it's oh. ridiculous, man. Like, like the, the people, the people in Lakeshore and, and I, I could go on and on, uh, you know, the, those that were in Kingsville, the guys in Wheatley. I mean, these are all small town communities for, for them to, 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 to have a, a budget because it's, it's a significant yeah. budget. I mean, you, you got to have some dough to, to, to have these teams. And, and really the payoff, what's the payoff? Because truthfully, in, in this area, like unless, you, unless it's a, you know, unless something crazy happens, Essex and Bell River are coming out, yeah. you know, they, they, that, that's the way it's been for forever. So how about all these other men and women who have, who have worked so hard in the Kingsville's of the world, the Amherstburg's of the world, you know, uh, uh, that, that know at the end of the day, they're not going to, they're not going to beat Lakeshore. They're not going to beat Essex, but they somehow convince the kids that they are, they, and and they, they have a, a real positive mood around their team and they work so desperately hard to give the area hockey player a place to play and, 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 and a team for the community to be, be proud of. Like it, it just, it, it goes unsaid, you know, too often. These, these people are the heroes. You know, these yeah. people are, are, the, are, are the guys that, and men and women who, who really, um, like you wouldn't know. You'd show up, you'd go to Amherstburg Admiral game. You wouldn't know. You don't know how hard Greg Crane works for that, that program. You don't know how, how hard his, his team, uh, you know, his fundraisers, his supporters, what they do to. And, and, and these are the people that, that, that truly um, should be self. Guys, I, I, I've lost you here a little bit. Yeah, there you go. We're good. There you go. <laughs> um. One of the things I was going to ask you too, Kev, is I heard you say something about Leamington. So you actually coached a buddy of mine from Harrow there by the name of Lee Harris. Did you, do you remember what you asked Lee years ago? <laughs> Cause well, we, we, no. had, we, we had Lee on uh, probably a couple months ago now, Rob, I want to say. So, yeah. and, and one of the things Lee said, he's like, he said, Kevin Hamlin was my coach 
when I was in Leamington and I was like figure skating and stuff, he was doing all that. And he said, one of the things Kevin looked at me, he's like, I didn't know how to answer him. He said, he looked at me and he said, are you ready to quit that figure skating shit? That's, that's exactly what you asked him. Do you remember Lee and doing that at all? I don't remember that question. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I wasn't always uh, as politically correct back then as I, as I like to think I am now. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember that question, but you know, I, I, you know, playing at that level, playing at, at the, the junior B level takes quite a commitment from uh, both on and off the ice from, yeah. from those that play it, and those that coach it. So I was probably, you know, I, I, I probably wanted Lee to, uh, you know, to be, to, to focus on, on us. You did. And then, and, and that was, uh, uh, I, I don't know that exact question. I'm not saying I didn't ask it, <laughs> but, but I, I uh, shame on me for asking, putting it like that if, that's, that, if that's what they did. No, no, no. He didn't say anything bad. He was like, I loved him as a freaking, as a, uh, as a coach and stuff. But he was just like, he's just said, it was just one of those hockey moments that he said he'll never forget. <laughs> Are you looking to hire a photographer? Check out Windsor's own Melissa Fay Photography. With affordable and professional services ranging from lifestyle newborn to weddings and any of life's important events in between. Mention Hatrick Hockey and enjoy 10% off any service. Find her on social media as Melissa Fay Photography. And there he is, folks. Mr. Kevin Hamlin. That guy has been around some absolute legends. Did you hear the names that he was dropping during that interview? Absolutely. Like, whew. Smitty, Stevie Iserman. Yeah, fuck. Driving around fucking Stevie. <laughs> Cause Stevie wasn't even old enough to drive yet. <laughs> Maybe he didn't realize that Stevie was using him. <laughs> yeah, but man, He's too nice of a guy. <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Well, what a what a great interview. That 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 guy stories. I I could listen to him for days. Yeah, he's awesome. So Kevin, thank you so much for coming in. Best of luck to you. And uh, we're definitely going to have to get you in for round two because I feel like that we just – you were just one of those guys that we barely scratched the surface with. I'm sure – Because we'll... I got about 15 more questions for yeah. you, buddy. Yeah, Rob's always got a shitload of questions. Um, so we'll jump back into the hockey here real quick on on the outside of it. Um, Mike Hoffman gets a pro tryout in, in St. Louis. Why do you think they say pro tryout? Like we both probably know that he's going to play, right? Yeah, I don't. I don't even know what that means. Like a pro tryout. Like you're you're trying out for St. Louis, which everybody knows is a pro team. So it's just pretty much saying that we're inviting you into the camp to try out. Is to me, is that their way of saying that like we're gonna sign this guy without officially signing this guy? Like before, like do you think there's like a deadline or something? Or I don't know. I'm not too. That's why I'm just kind of spitting out questions because I'm not too sure i've never really got it when it comes well, let's to just say that you're asking the wrong guy <laughs> i just never really got it when it come to the pro tryout thing so i always assumed like it was like we were just talking about off air like the trade shit how they trade guys that they know aren't gonna play just for the salary cap room right or the space right so that's why i was wondering is it something that is it a loophole shall i say that's what i was wondering but uh, like Joffrey loophole, <laughs> like Joffrey loophole. 
But yeah, so Hoffman's there on a pro tryout with, let's face it, he's going to play in St. Louis. He's going to help St. Louis. He's a probably 20 to 30 goal a year guy. And uh, I don't know, maybe him and fucking Carlson will meet up during the playoffs and drop the mitts or something. Because let's face it, there's unfinished business there, right? Isn't that because of their old ladies? Yep. And I think during a game, too, I don't know if it was last year or the year prior, it was after a whistle or something, but Hoffman skated over to Carlson and grabbed him by the jersey and asked him to fight. So he just cross-checked him right in the face. So he – but still, fuck, he went up to him and said, hey, like, if you want to settle this, let's settle it. And he fucking – obviously, Carlson, he probably won't fucking drop his gloves. Has he ever been in a fight? I don't think he'd drop his gloves to save his life. Got great hair, though. Sweet hair, sick, hair. sick little fucking mustache curl too. <laughs> right, he's got that going too, so that's pretty cool. And he's a great player. Everybody hates great player, hates guarding him because he never gets fucking tired. That guy. I was watching. Speaking of him, so Carlson, there was watching this replay or whatever, and they were lining up for a three on three overtime, and the one guy said. And you could read his lips perfect. He said, you got Carlson. And the guy, you read his lips perfectly, he says, do I have to have him? <laughs> that was exactly <laughs> what he said because the guy never stops. But I know I'm rambling. We're way off the topic. But He's got uh, a mustache like, uh, you know, uh, what's his name there from Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah. Johnny, that Johnny like, that's this is how I talk. See, I feel like that's how he should talk when he's on the ice with a mustache. Dick Dastardly. <laughs> yeah. If anybody can remember that one. Yeah, put him up, huh? <laughs> but like I said, Carlson won't fucking drop his gloves to save his life. So, um, speaking of, well, the Senators, they uh, traded a second round pick to the Coyotes for Mr. Derek Stepan. So, veteran guy. Uh, what do you think on that move, former former Broadway guy here? Well, you know, I see that the uh, Ottawa Senators are really building a wagon there, man. Like, no shit. No, you can't take these guys lightly anymore. Like, they've put some big names on that team. Like, and you know, and, and I'm gonna go back and say it again. In that interview, we were talking to uh, Hammer, and he said, you know, we can create our game the way we want to create our game here in Canada. Mm-hmm. But we're going to have an all-Canadian division. I'm telling you, it's going to get all of Canada watching this these games, mm-hmm. which you could almost call them series because they're going to play 10 times, 9 times. No, oh, it's great. At the least. And I think this is so exciting. I don't even know if I will watch another game. I know you will because you you you, you love the the Red Wings. Yeah. But me myself, I will be watching all of Canada all the time. Mm-hmm. So that being said, I see Ottawa building this freaking wagon that they're building because they know how tough this Canadian division is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now that you think of it. What if they created a Canadian hockey league and took all these rules that they've been making in the U.S., mm-hmm. you know, like good old Canadian boys, 
They like their smash mouth hockey. Fucking right. Good old Canadian viewers, beer league guys, you know, you name it, house league guys, everybody likes the good punch in the mouth hockey. Fucking like the right. Battle of Alberta. If mm-hmm. that didn't fucking rile everybody up in Canada, let alone yeah. the hockey world, I don't know what did. Dude, look at back in the day there in fucking Ottawa there when, uh, who was it? Uh, Tucker there fucking jumped into the bench. That was one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my entire life because not only that, he jumped in there, that squirrely son of a, you know. You know, his eyes were fucking this big, right? Like he gets. But if anybody can remember, if you watch that video of him jumping into the bench, it was. The Star Trek uh, OG with Spock and all that. And it was uh, every time Captain Kirk would get ready to fight, the music would go. (laughs) I did hear that, actually. I'm telling you, it was the funniest (laughs) thing I've ever heard, let alone I'm, I'm happy he's jumped in there. And then I start laughing out loud because... He's actually in there and the music is going. And I want to say it was in Ottawa when they did it. But yeah. man, I laughed my ass off for that. That's fucking funny. Me and Drew and my god uh, father there, Rick, we were at a Ottawa game and it was literally like it was like a, the game after that happened. Like that happened like on a Saturday night or something. We were at the game on like Tuesday or something in Ottawa. It was uh Jason Spezza's like third game in the NHL where he was playing for Ottawa and it was like uh and remember when Rob Rob Ray signed in Ottawa? It was Rob Ray's first game as a senator that that we were wow. at. And Jason awesome. Jason freaking Spezza, Rick had us so close to the ice. Jason Spezza made a move. They were playing Boston. And they were going down two on one and the guy like lay down on the ice. So he couldn't like get a pass through. He fucking toe dragged, not your fucking drag Rob, like with his stick and he toe dragged around this guy's stick. Cause he was like laying flat out and toe dragged around this guy's stick and let a snapshot go. And it hit the crossbar. And I'm telling you, I've never seen a puck go up. He had had to have gone. It went like over the, over the like netting at the back of the net it hit went over that netting and was probably 10 rows over the netting is where that puck landed like that's how hard he shot it i've never i've never seen anything like it when he just that drag and the snap like you heard the quick like little noise of the stick on the ice and as soon as you heard that, it was bing, and then this the bar the puck was gone. Like we were like, where the fuck did the puck go? They're like, oh, it landed up like ten rows over the net. I'm like, holy shit! But to just a snap of your wrist and put a puck like that is, it's pretty incredible. And that just kind of shows you what type of guy he was. And let's face it, he's older. He could still fucking shoot like that. Let's come on. And drop the mitts. Yeah. Now he's just now he's a thug. <laughs> he's Toronto's bruiser. Yeah, now he's the fucking bruiser. Um, <laughs> at least he's not out there crying like Mr. Line, eh, shall we say. We'll lead into that fucking story here. So Nice segue. Yeah, nice segue. So uh, Mr. Line, so Patrick Line is looking for a trade away from the Jets. And Rob, we both know why. Do you want to fill everybody in on why? 
Well, you just go back to last year when uh, Paul Maurice came out and said, you know, like, well, he actually, Lionel said it himself, like, I should be playing with this guy and this guy, and and I should be playing with this guy and this guy, and why does this guy get to play with that guy? And it's like, you know what? You're not the coach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you where I need you. And you've only been in the league, what, two years at the, this time when he was bitching about it last year? Yeah. Right? So you don't get to say shit. Mm-hmm. You need to do what the coach tells you. Bury the pucks when you need to. Because, like, oh, you're, you're whining so much that you end up going, what, goalless in how many games? And and I should, I should um, you know, give you extra ice time to play on my first line with what who 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 are you taking off that first line what do you what do you got shifley wheeler and fucking and and who whose spot are you taking on that that line not one of those guys sorry kid yeah back to the fourth line there you go deal with that well listen you've been in the in the nhl for what he's well he's only like 22 years old 22 23 years old so he's he's been in he's been in the league for like three four years you had one good fucking year bud and then now you're going to come in here and you're going to tell us on who and where you're going to play. Like, you know what I mean? You're still a kid. You're a kid. You better dude. like Matthews and you'll be on the first line. Yeah. Grow a six stash. Just keep Cre- your, pants create up your own first be, line. Yeah. Just keep your pants up and you'll be fine. That's all you got. Well, well, that's the thing. <laughs> why, why can't, why can't you make the guys better on your line to end up making it your own first line? Cause he's a selfish player. A hundred percent. Him and Matthews, like if you were to put those two side by side, let's say they are light years apart. <laughs> like you know what I mean. I, I like, think in French it's called side by each. Yeah, side by, <laughs> side by each. But uh, <laughs> but these guys are miles apart. Yes, hundred percent. And all in every fucking aspect of their games, Matthews is way more, way more consistent when it comes to his points and this and that he's a leader he ne- will never fucking say i'm playing here i'm playing there just as he's much as it is he seems like he just goes with the flow he does what his coach tells him to do and then there's lying you have one good year you're bitching you freaking want to play here you want to play on this line you want to do this you want to do that dude last year or the year before it came to where it was a point in time where you didn't score for like probably 20 25 games you know what I mean? I thought it was more like 16, 20, but yeah, yeah. I, I get what you're saying. But let, let's let's put this into perspective. When you when people didn't even know, and, and so didn't Lionade and Matthews come in in the same year? Were not they in the same draft? Uh, I want to say you're damn close. Because I thought one went one and one went two. I thought they were they were both. You like may be right. And, two, and they didn't know who was going to go first, right? Mm-hmm. So, I do see what you're doing here. Hold on. Let me look it up here real quick. So putting that into perspective, and if I'm totally wrong, I'm totally wrong. But it came down to Tavares and Matthews for the captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And you yeah. didn't know who was going to get it. And when when when, when Tavares got it, Matthews didn't go to the the, the media and say, Oh, well, uh, I should have got it. I'm younger. I'll be here longer. You know, Mm -hmm. like he just said, congratulations. Good for him. And let's see what our captain can do for us. And uh, you're right. Matthews went number one. Line A went number two. And Pierre, 
Pierre Luc Dubois went number three. So it was Toronto, Winnipeg, Columbus. So you hit it right on the head. I put the big brain on Bob. <laughs> yeah. Stat guy, Bobby. <laughs> but yeah. And so that you, Dubois was a hell of a pick, too. Yeah. So you, those top three, at that point, you couldn't really go wrong with any of them. Well, but, with Dubois, I remember we take it back to the playoffs last year and Torts gives him a fucking whole new Reeman. Yeah. He comes out, scores a hat trick against Toronto the next day, game, and yeah. see you, Toronto. Yep. That is true. Um, moving on from that, LA signed Andreas Athanasiu to a one year deal. It was like a one point something mil a year. What do you uh what do you think on that move when it comes to Los Angeles? Okay, as a Red Wing fan, why did he end up leaving and going to Edmonton? Uh, I think the Red Wings possibly got a little bit sick of it when he, because he held out for a bit. Oh, did right? he? Like, yeah, like he he fucking held out and like, listen, bro, you, I don't even think he had. I, he's probably a, if I had to guess, he's probably a twenty-five to thirty-five goal a year guy when he wants to be. Um, I had just have a crazy feeling that he wasn't the best dressing room or team guy. Cause you know how the, okay. So, uh, okay, go ahead. Go no, ahead sorry. I, I was just going to say the Red Wings are a big organization when it comes, they're a big, like, uh, like team and stuff organization. Right. So that's what makes me kind of think like, uh, maybe he was bad in the locker room. Cause I always liked him as a player, but I don't know. But what did you have on him? Uh, look, well, the thing that I, I kind of find odd is is a lot of these hockey players are seeming to becoming like these football players when it's I, 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 me, 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 you know, which I don't understand because hockey's always been a very respectful game. Mm-hmm. And in the last couple of years that I, I've, I've been watching it, like I never saw this stuff before and, and now I'm starting to see it. And I think Athens CU only had 14 goals last year with Edmonton. I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Probably am. But I'm pretty sure I'm right. Now, with that being said, one point, one point, whatever you said, million dollars for Athens CU. Yeah, he was like 1.4, 1.7 or something. And what do we, what do we say? Do you, uh, I know I'm kind of straying off here. but oh, whatever. Uh, what, what did we say that uh, Bertuzzi got? Bertuzzi. And how many like, goals did he have? Uh, I thought Athanasio was a better hockey player than him. He is, but and Bertuzzi gets X. I think Bertuzzi I got like two something. Two, yeah, because he went to arbitration, right? Yeah, it was like two point four a year or something like that. But how do you get dealt out of Edmonton? Jesus. You you got to be a head case. I think he was an unrestricted free agent because he was with the Wings, and then him and Mike Green both got dealt to, um, to Edmonton, and that was I think just prior to the pandemic. So I think last year was a split year for him, like between Edmonton and the Red Wings, and Mike Green retired. <laughs> So he retired. Athanasiu is now moving on to LA. So if they can keep him like reeled in and keep him like focused on hockey and and only hockey, he's gonna he's one of the probably one of the fastest skaters in the league. So 
if they could keep him like motivated, shall we say? I think it could be it's a low risk, high reward type deal for him if he does that. So moving on to a guy that's not a complete head case, shall we say? Jonathan Taves. So they're saying that Jonathan Taves is, was going to miss. They're saying possibly all of training camp and the start of the season due to an illness. So they're not saying what it is unless they've come out with something. But last I've checked, there hasn't been anything. Thoughts on that, Rob? That's a huge blow for Chicago and Kirby Doc being out like, wow, you guys are fucked. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know uh, I don't know how else to put it uh, hopefully it's not too long but hopefully hopefully it's not a COVID thing right because maybe it's hopefully it's not a I don't know hopefully it's just like a flu or something and they want to like take their time with it or something but I don't know Okay, so whatever is wrong with him, he said, this offseason, I've been experiencing symptoms that have left me feeling drained and lethargic. Whatever lethargic means, I'm not sure. (laughs) Uh, He's working with doctors and uh, working on his conditioning. So I'll have to look up lethargic, Mm. and uh, that's for another podcast. So Yeah. We'll figure that out. I'm just, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe it's it's something with COVID kind of, I don't know. We're going to find out though, aren't we? We're going to find out. But to me, maybe too, maybe they're just giving him more time off to just make sure that he's rested for when the season. Because now with a 56-game fucking season now, now you have to come out hot, but you have to stay hot too. Right, like you. What does lethargic mean? I'm asking my dictionary. I should ask Siri. Sluggish. This sluggishness may be physical or mental. People with these symptoms are described as lethargic. So fatigue, sluggish. He said he felt drained. So So, it's just another word for drain. Yeah. So just another word for another sign of COVID. (laughs) And it says he's mental playing in chicago but it's one what three cups there two cups there great pizza great pizza great deep dish (laughs) (laughs) and don't they turn the the river there green every saint patty's day too i feel like that's in chicago is it not i forget the name of the river is it is that boston boston how did i mix up boston and chicago not even close bro. i don't know whatever I am Canadian. Um, <laughs> also, uh, the last thing that I have here on tap is, did you see the Rough Riders fucking stadium there? They turned literally the whole playing field, sidelines, everything, wall-to-wall field. It's all ice rink now. They even, like, did it. It's ice, like, around the fucking goalposts, everything. What do you think? You want to go out there and snap a couple pucks around or what? Holy crow. Off the crossbar. Did you see the photos of it? No, I didn't. You didn't see the photos of it? Oh, man. You'll have to post some on on our uh, website. uh, On the page there, yeah. It's insane. I was like, holy shit. It's the biggest ice rink I've ever seen. seen besides a lake. 
right? Obviously, Lake's probably. But you got something flying around you there? No, I was looking at the time. We've been doing this for fucking over an hour. Yeah, we've been at her, buddy. We've been at her. So what do you say? Uh, so we, should we just crush beers and fucking watch hockey? Yeah, they're going to watch this uh, Czech US game. Yeah, I'm going to check it out too. And then I'm going to go make some food. But all right, I'm all good. You're all good. All right, everybody. Here go, post. Yeah. Fingers up. Until next week. Fucking that. Yeah. And Rob, we're signing off. We're out of here. See you. Talk to you next week. Peace. Yeah, I can get behind anything.